0: Welcome to this podcast series on neo charismatic leadership with author, leadership expert, and coach Dr. Gada Angawi and executive leader Martin Headley, where they will both explore the recently published book Neo charismatic leadership and the coaching topics it covers.
1: Gada, Last time, you've defined neocharismatic leadership as a sequence of behavioural roles that influence followers and reflect an idealised, unique vision through altruism and ethical standards. Today, I'd like to unpack that further with you. So, first, um, why don't you tell us what makes neocharismatic leadership so unique?
0: Yeah, and uh, I remember last time we started talking about um, the differentiation between normal leaders. And new charismatic leaders, and they share a lot in common, but new charismatic leaders specifically um, are defined as a sequence of behavioral roles. And this makes it more actionable, more of what they do rather than who they are or how did they arrive there. And the other part is that they influence followers. This is important. You follow them because you're influenced, not just because you have to. Um, Take the power equation, take the status out, take the social context out. You follow them because you identify with them. They influence you. And, And I remember we told the listeners to keep in mind a role model of leaders that they have always admired. And I think now we're beginning to get somewhere if our listeners are tuned in uh, into their own role model and why they think they followed, why they think they influenced them. So I will continue my explanation of, of the definition. There's more to it than just a sequence of behavioral roles or the influence part. New charismatic leaders also have a unique vision of their own, and this vision is is idealized. It's not just a unique vision. It's not just different from other visions that have came before them or that are happening in parallel to them in other organizations or or social contexts. They have a unique vision of their own, and it's an idealized vision. It's not just something they want to achieve. And some listeners might think, "Okay, there's no perfect world here. That's fine. But an idealized vision can always propel its owner forward all the time. Gives them the energy, uh, gives them the motivation, they get inspired by it. So even they may not achieve that idealized vision, it's still gonna make a difference. The best way to describe this is if you are an artist and you're crafting a piece of artwork that will sit in one of these big galleries around the world, you really You know, you're crafting it. You're not just making something and then, oh, it became good, you know, and then people took it away from you and displayed it. You're taking care that every stroke you make makes sense and add value and add beauty to the work you're doing. And this was actually described to me by one of the leaders. They described their work as a piece of art and that their vision, what they're doing, is constantly being re evaluated, adapted, and the strokes they put on that painting updated constantly. It is it is another still vision in time. And this is where idealism is. It's not perfectionism, and it works very well with the last part of the definition, which is altruism and ethical standards. So that influenced their vision as well. Yes. I hope I, I was able to. Explain y- yes, this I,
1: I think what, the way that you're describing it, um, I keep thinking back to the two leaders that changed my whole outlook on life, uh, and I certainly recognise that um, it was much more than just hitting a goal or, or reaching a particular target. There was a certain magic, and I hesitate to use the word magic because we know that you know this is this is something we can all learn and develop. But it yeah. seemed to me at the time that there was something magic that we needed to investigate and um, coach others to develop skills yeah. for.
0: Yeah, and and it's just not only leaders sitting on top of organizations it's also about new charismatic leaders who are doing their own business project or you know getting up and telling their life story or doing some social you know work uh volunteer work or just teachers in the classroom there's always this new charismatic leader they don't know that they're new charismatic they don't know that they don't know the word. They just describe themselves and they describe their vision as, as as such. So this is the first part. The other part, which is really important, is um, their altruism. They're altruistic. They're working towards the benefit for others, not for themselves. I don't want to say sacrifice. Well, there is sacrifice. There is an element of sacrifice and but they don't go off balance totally. They do sometimes. And they admit their ability to give to others is greater than their ability to give themselves. Yeah, this yes. is a really basic differentiating factor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That 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 is a tough one to differentiate at first. But I think it boils down to degree. You know, success and profit in the widest sense of the word for its own sake or for the sake of something much bigger. Yeah. And I, I think what I've come to realize is you can be a corporate leader and be neo charismatic yeah just as you can be neo charismatic without being in any company at all so you know you you may live in a very rural uh, very poor area of the world, but because of your ability to inspire others to do good uh, you can actually change the lives of perhaps a whole community maybe a whole town yes and so a neo-charismatic leadership is not somebody sitting at the top of the totem pole in a, in a major corporation, as many of the leadership books try to make out. Um, it's anybody who is out there who recognizes something bigger than themselves and recognizes they need to bring others and develop others to come along with them.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it is the concern about others' well-being and, and the well-being of of the communities they live in Yes, and definitely, if that meets status and power, this becomes a tool for them. That they are—I have seen leaders on top of organizations that they are altruism is high, and they give to others, and they can they can let go of the position if that meets the idealized vision. So it's not necessarily they don't reach there, but it's not defined by their career. New charismatic leadership is not just a career, it is a way of life.
1: Yes, indeed. And and you move on to the um, aspect of morals and ethics. So, you know, obviously, we don't want to discuss morals and ethics in detail here, because that's a huge topic in in its own right. Um, But what I've found is if the morals and ethics of a leader, as I perceive them, do not square with my own then that individual will never be able to lead me to do anything. But if their morals and ethics can influence me to adjust my morals and ethics, then they are neocarismatic leadership. That's Leaders, are they not?
0: Yes, and I don't know why the word agile comes to my mind right now, <laughs> which is not part of the topic, but the ability to learn uh, and develop yourself as a human being is always there agile learning probably is the key here and for leaders and for followers they are both if they're able to learn from each other to le- listen to empathize to walk through the the difficulty or the difficult conversations and and the situations i think ethics will never be a debatable problem because at the end of the day there are altruism is everywhere. People are good inside. If you can build that up and and bring it out. Uh, Same as ethics. It's not something that people learn when they're older in university. It is part of their upbringing and and growing, nurtured to do that, to, to, to adopt ethics. But in the same time, they might not know what is an ethical behavior. So ethics and ethical behavior are two different things. They might know the ideals, but I might not know how to implement them. And a leader, a new charismatic leader, shows you how to do that. They walk the talk and you, you kind of role model them. But at the same time, they allow you to express yourself and to be, debate these issues.
1: Yes, yes. that' All right. We we'll, we will get into that. Uh, we will get a, into a lot of these things in much more detail. Um, but if you remember last week... Uh, God, we asked listeners to write down a list of leaders that they know or have followed, uh, and then to mark which ones truly changed them, if any. What I'd like the uh, listeners to do this time, if they would, is um, bearing in mind all of these names that you have as we go through the four components of the definition, just to just to think, okay, who did that? Or, oh, yes, I remember this person uh, had that attribute or trait. So the first one is behavioral roles. Could you expand on that piece alone for us, please?
0: It is very important that we see leadership in the sense of actions, what they do rather than what what they say. So in, in the definition, and you will hear that a lot, the behavioral role of this new charismatic leader in that stage. And in, in this way, I am making it closer to your mind. When I say behavioral role, I mean that there is a role they play, but in that role, there is a set of behaviors that are constant, uh, that they practice, and that being observed by others. So others see them doing these things constantly which means, you know, when I talk about this leader, you don't see them as just faces. You see them as the results, the doings, the actions that influenced you. And and in this way you can identify with them. If if that is clear, I hope it is.
1: (laughs) It is. It's very clear. And in fact, I was looking at my list and, and so, so far I've only dropped one person off my list, Uh, (laughs) which is good. So, um, So the second part is um, these behavioral roles influence others uh, as opposed to just following, I assume. Yes. Um, Can you expand on that?
0: Yes. So how did this role or that action or this behavior change you? What happened inside you as a follower? So probably you are an employee in an organization, but you've seen so many leaders Okay, and I've coached some of these people who told me this. This is not coming up from something I made up. I've been here for 20 years or 25 years, and I have witnessed so many leaders come and go. But this one, this one leader that I'm telling you about, it was a a moment in my life that changed who I was and how I behaved onward. I've heard that from clients telling me about specific leaders and how they changed their lives. This is influence. Yes, simple.
1: That does that does make so much sense to me, uh, and and now I can I can honestly say that a lot more people have fallen off the list I have here. <laughs> <because> <laughs> Again, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm narrowing it down very very quickly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yes. so 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 far so good then. So why um, can you now expand on idealized unique vision?
0: Yes, so I work there in this place, and every day. I come in and I go out, but I have no sense of belonging. I don't feel part of it. But all of a sudden, someone comes and say, you know, you're just so important to us because you've been doing this for years. You've been doing this for that. and, And this place is about that. And this person turns out to be my leader. How does that make me feel? When they bring that vision to reality, when they make me see how I am contributing to that vision, even though I'm a simple employee. I have met with uh, some of these simple employees. I call them simple because their function might be looked down at. In one of my my interviews, it was a porter, someone sitting at the door and, and guarding who's coming in and who's going out. But he described the leader of the whole organization as being influential, and they believed in their vision, and they are working day in and day out to fulfill that vision, just because that leader was practicing new charismatic behavioral goals, which we will talk about later. So I might uh, okay. bring that example yes. later. This is what idealized unique vision does to people.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see the difference, and I'm thinking the uh, uh, many of these quote-unquote leaders that the people you're interviewing are talking about are really just managers, aren't they? Sometimes <laughs> they leaders. are,
0: and sometimes they're VPs, and sometimes they're the head of the organization. Yes,
1: but I mean that they are managers as opposed yes. to leaders in their style. So uh,
0: Yes, when we talk about organizations, we talk about different levels and and. You know, when you're a supervisor, you're not just a supervisor, you're also a leader. When you're a manager, you're not just a manager, you're also a leader. So you're playing the two roles, making sure that the processes are being, uh, you know, practiced and uh, the results and uh, achieved, but also making sure that you are inspiring and motivating
1: people. Okay. So when I think of an idealized, unique vision, uh, the, the thought is that maybe... Maybe that's a bit unrealistic is is it really attainable
0: so is it our duty to attain the vision in full, or maybe we die and the vision is still being attained to if I'm right in expressing it, mm. okay. it, it it's not my duty to make sure that this gets fulfilled in my lifetime. If it's an organizational vision, I might be working here for four years or maybe on a contract and uh, it doesn't matter really because if I look at it this way that I have to be the one to fulfill that vision or to to work towards it and and make it happen in my lifetime, I will lose hope because there will be a lot of challenges along the way that will, probably I will leave that place and I don't know if it's going to be fulfilled or not. Just like a normal life, you know, we do what we can and we know that we what we did has impacted some people in my role as a coach. I don't live with that person forever. I coach them for a few sessions, maximum for a year or two, mm-hmm. and then they go away. You know, I, I never hear from them. Sometimes I hear from them after a few years when they come back and they said, you have changed my life. And I don't I even forgot about it. <laughs> same in training. You know, we trainers, coaches, consultants, we don't live there forever, but we go with our hearts. We want to make sure that this happens. And I think this is how you deal
1: with it. OK, okay so I, there's no other way. One could say then in, in some respects, it, it is unrealistic because chasing that vision may outlast our own lives um but you know that doesn't mean that it's not worth going for does it so uh, no that,
0: no definitely that's why
1: many coaches are actually doing what they do which is true
0: but they can't help it new charismatic leaders can't help it <laughs> <laughs> it is who they are indeed uh, but yeah it is it is part of uh, of their behavioral roles it, it is the model itself you cannot if you change it and just say you know they've drafted the vision they've achieved it that doesn't stand out it has to stand out
1: yes (laughs) Uh, okay so so as i'm looking back here i I understand these three sections of it and i've i've taken off i'm i'm literally back down to three people on my leader list now that 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 qualify so finally (laughs) i've got i suppose um altruism and ethics is the last part of the definition and that's going that's going to help me clarify so yeah so what should i be looking for in a neo-charismatic leader yes. regarding altruism and ethics
0: yeah with altruism are they working for themselves so that they can have more power more money more status or are they working for the organization so that others can prosper leaders can grow and take his place or her place. Um, uh, The organization gets, you know, better in, in terms of its fulfilling its purpose and goals. This is altruism. And ethical standards, we've established that they know how to implement the universal agreed ethics. And when it comes to gray areas, they know how to involve others so that everyone have a say and they can balance things out, and then they can navigate these dark waters. They know how to do that.
1: Great. Thank you. That, that's a very informative uh, explanation of the definition. And I think we all now can comprehend the essence of your research much better. But something I was thinking about the other day when I was preparing for this, are there any prerequisites then to yes. one developing as a neo-charismatic leader?
0: Yes. So as you can see, we're just building up things here and throwing ideas and probably some of the listeners are feeling like no this can't be right you know if you miss on one thing you're not a new charismatic leader or how do you know or okay now she's talking about ideals uh, again and maybe this is a supernatural person that doesn't exist we are setting some standards for leaders so that they can aspire to As they walk the journey, it is not something you can do in a training course. It is the qualities that you work on constantly in your daily life, personally, with others, and with in your organization that will get you there. That's why in my book, I call it The New Charismatic Leadership. Journey that you are going to take in three stages and ten behavioral roles.
1: Indeed. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, goodbye.
0: Garda and Martin, hope you enjoyed this episode. There is more information available at neocharismaticleadership.org. And if you would like to discuss coaching or training for yourself or your team, you can contact Garda and Martin through the website. We look forward to your participation next week.